Hey everybody, this is Chad Jordan from Sport Clips. We have a very intense episode of the Hall of Fame podcast that you're getting ready to hear. And I'm now recording this little portion after the fact. Uh, this particular interview touches a lot of dark subjects. There's a lot of inspiration as well. I think you're going to find that. In fact, I was going to trim this episode and shorten it up, but I, f I figured uh, our guest does such an amazing job walking us through her journey that I needed to keep it all in there from start to finish. But uh, the, the topic of uh, domestic violence uh, is a theme that is going to run through a lot of this podcast. So before we even get to our guest today, I wanted to make sure that we put out some uh, information. If you are in a situation where domestic violence is a reality, I want you to have some options. Right now, you can call 1-800-799-7233, or you can visit the website probeauty.org forward slash cut it out. And I'm going to, at the end of this podcast, I'm going to uh, break in again and talk about the Cut It Out program a little bit more. But I wanted you right now to have that option if you are in a situation with domestic violence. You know, over the course of the last few years, I've recorded hundreds of podcasts to this point. This may be the most uh, important and inspirational one to date. Here we go. Hey everybody, this is Chad Jordan from Sport Clips. This is another edition of our Hall of Fame podcast. Hello if you're watching us on YouTube. Uh, you could probably tell in my voice that I've had a ton of Mountain Dew today. And uh, it's been one of the highlight days for me here at Sport Clips. I am uh, in the lovely Portland, Oregon area, and I've been visiting stores all day. So I'm hyped up, not just because of the energy that I get from these store visits, but all the Mountain Dew that has been uh, presented uh, throughout the course of the day. And, uh, and even Mountain Dew uh, brownies that we had today, uh, plenty of Krispy Kreme donuts. So uh, if you feel uh, like they're like sugar rush flowing through uh, the microphone today, that is legitimate. Hopefully there's not a sugar crash by the end of this, so we'll see. Uh, but the whole reason, I don't even know if you know this, the whole reason I came to Portland was for you. So uh, I had to get here to see this young lady. Uh, those that were at Huddle, in 2019 are going to when you see her recognize her i don't know if you ever if i we gave you the microphone i don't think i trusted you enough back then to give you a microphone but um we definitely brought you on stage uh and we want to hear your story uh and uh you guys are are uh, in for a treat because of all that she brings to the table so without further ado i'm gonna why don't why don't i have you uh, say your first and very important last name um, uh, and the store you manage, how long you've been with Sport Clips, kind of give me some of those, uh, those that, that stuff. So you are who? I am Veronica Jordan. Jordan, no relation. No we don't, relation. Well, actually, we don't know that. You know, I'm sure if we That's true. did a family tree thing, we may be related. Who knows? Okay. Man, the way technology it is, you mm -hmm. never know. Um, I work at um, OR101. It was the first store in Oregon. And it, what, it's Oregon City. In Oregon right? City, Oregon. Okay. Mm -hmm. Beautiful location. End of the Oregon Trail. It is uh, unbelievable the amount of sunlight that yeah. you guys, and this is like a cloudy area usually, but the sunlight that was coming in your store, every, everywhere I turn, there's a window yeah. bringing sun in. It's Our a store is literally like location. a big fishbowl. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, and how long have you, have you been there? How long have you been with Sport Clips? Um, I've been with Sport Clips for almost five years. Okay. And you're managing that location. I am. And how long have you been that, doing that? I have been manager since last January. Okay. 
And um, also, you're with the Ambassador Program. I am. Yes? Yep. Uh, when did you start that, and how was that going? Kind of give me a, a feel for the Ambassador Program here. Let's see. Um, started doing Ambassador probably about six months ago, five, mm -hmm. six months ago. Mm -hmm. um, it's going really good. Um, I've had the gracious opportunity to go into a couple of schools with my coaches, Mallory and Emily, um, and just kind of spread the sport clips word get people on board, give them some education, what we're all about. Um, I got to teach a beard class, which was really nerve wracking, but everyone says I didn't look like it was nerve wracking. Mm -hmm. So I you guess pulled I it did off. okay. Yeah. yeah. I had two You channeled your in. inner, inner Brittany Fitzgerald. I did. Your hero. I did. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I love as I was visiting the stores today, you know, the ambassador program, not that we're going to dive too much into that right now, but it's doing wonders. Yeah. And one of the managers that I met today at uh, 117, OR 117, McMinnon or McMinnville. Okay. But thank you. Uh, her name uh, is, what was her name? Ashley. Thank you. A uh, little voice from off camera. Uh, Ashley, she came out of beauty school. Mm -hmm. uh, right into sport clips mm -hmm. and be and she came because an ambassador courtney yep. had come in and kind of given a presentation and it stuck with her yeah and now she's managing yeah. like six months after joining sport clips so uh so uh, on behalf of those of us at sport clips especially headquarters i want to thank you you're not the only ambassador but you are one and you're an important one and so i, I hope you hear it enough from your team leader and from your team members and everybody else your coaches but thank you guys so much. You are you're making a difference. I love it. Uh, I love the ambassador program, Mary Berlin game, and yeah, and everything that's going on. So so thank you for that. Now why now why oh why did I come? You're gonna have to explain. You're gonna we'll tell the story together. But why out of um, all the places in the country, why did I have to come uh, to OR 101? What was drawing me there? What is it about you that is just so special? Oh boy. Um, I know it's going to be tough to pick just one, but. <sighs> well, I made you a jacket. Yes. Uh, those That's on, probably those the on, biggest uh, one. YouTube. I hope you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, you can see the jacket that uh, that was just a bomber jacket. Mm -hmm. And, and the, if you're listening on the podcast, don't worry. We'll, we'll post a picture with me in the jacket for the podcast. But uh, by the way, it, it's so warm. Like, And I'm going to Denver tomorrow where Good. it's snowing. Uh, this thing, I'm sweating, but I'm not taking, I said I would sleep in this. I'm not taking this <laughs> off uh, because it is so doggone comfortable and, and, uh, and lovely. Um, you, have this, um, you have this amazing talent uh, to be able to, I, I call you the, the fashion designer of sport clips, um, where we discovered you at, was that your first huddle? That was my first okay. huddle. So you, you at huddle, and we did... Um, we have a for those that don't maybe you're a team member a stylist and you're not a manager who's been to huddle yet but huddles are our sport clips convention and at the end the last night we have an awards banquet mm -hmm. and every i mean you dress up to the nines i yep. mean uh, guys wear tuxedos and gals the fanciest dresses and the shoes and the purses and the jewelry uh it is the everything is perfect and i i don't think i've been going this is probably my eighth or ninth huddle mm -hmm. I've never seen someone walk in uh, looking as sport clipsy. Uh, I, I'll put it that way. Sport clips beautiful as you did because, and we actually for the first time this year we had a, like a red carpet event right. where we hosted. You could get pictures with Gordon, and, yep. and so everybody was coming and, and getting pictures with him. And you showed up 
tell me tell me about the dress. I almost feel like you ever see the Hunger Games, uh, yes. and in, on the and then they're interviewing the you know, the tributes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And tell me about your dress. That's what I feel like right now. Not, <laughs> not that, not that they're, you're going to throw you to the wolves or have you battle it out to the death after this, but tell me a little bit about that sport clips dress, where it came from, what the inspiration was. And I probably will reference this on the podcast uh, page at all. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll show a picture of it, but tell sure. me a little bit about that. So um, I guess the first thing that comes to mind for me is um, Deborah Sawyer, if you're listening. I drank the Sport Clips Kool-Aid a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, she better be. Hey, Deborah Sawyer, you better be listening. I'm going <laughs> to give you I'm going to give you a ring after this podcast. Make sure. Um you know, but I, I've just, I really fell in love with this company. Um, I collect a lot of old sport clips memorabilia. Mm-hmm. Um, I find a lot of neat ways to reinvent some of the things. Some of the pins we've gotten, I've made into earrings. You, you have sport clips shoelaces right I do now. Have sport so clips yes, I, you, you are. You're, you're telling the truth. So when we talked about, you know, when I talked about my, um, my team leaders, when we talked about, you know, this red carpet event, and mm-hmm. I said, you know. What do, what do people wear? And they said, well, it's kind of like a, it's a really formal thing. Like, yeah. And I said, like a prom dress? And they said, yeah. And I looked everywhere for a dress, and I'm kind of a weird size. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? I'll just make one. Um, and I was Is on, that how we describe people like me and you? A weird size? Are I'm we just weird a, size people? Just a okay. weird size right. people. I didn't, know, really, I didn't know. Really short little size. torso. Okay, all right. Um, so I started just kind of looking around. Couldn't find anything. Um, you know, my mom, so she'd made my wedding dress. I had made a couple of my daughter's formal dresses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of went, you know what, I'm just going to make one. Um, and I had already kind of been doing a couple other things have been like, I'd made like some hair scrunchies and I had done a couple other things with some things that I've bought in like off of the mini store, yeah. um, and like the sport clip supply websites. And so I decided I was just going to make a sport clips dress and just it was my first huddle. I wanted to make an impression, you know, um, go big or go home. And so I got the infinity scarves that were on the mini store mm-hmm. and I got them. I bought three of them and then I took them all apart. Um, and then um, I'm a big let's make something out of nothing. So I went down and I just found the right color red dress at the thrift store and I took it all apart into pieces. And wow. then I reassembled uh, it with the pieces that I wanted with the sport clips um, and the red dress and bought some gloves and some jewelry on eBay and boom. I, I know when people see, there, it was breathtaking. So I know when people see this picture and uh, they're, they're gonna be blown away. And the thing that made the night, I mean, I remember meeting you, I was kind of helping people uh, get them through the line to see mm-hmm. Gordon and, yep. um, and and I tried to jump in as many pictures as I could and, and kind of, you know, photo bomb. Uh, so I remember meeting you in line and, and talking about, oh my gosh, that dress is incredible. And and not thinking anything, not thinking anything of it after that, but thinking, all right, that's probably the last time I'll see her tonight. Well, uh, what we were doing to get people through the line, so I, now I got to tell my side of the story uh-huh. and we'll finish. Um, to get people <laughs> through the line is I was taking, Gordon had said, hey, well, let, me, let me do my Gordon impression. Uh, um, hey Chad, we gotta we gotta hurry this line up and, and get people through because we're gonna we're gonna have dinner soon, and so if you could take their purses and just hold them while they while they come through the line and give them the purses back, that will really help us out. All right, so that's so now I got my mission from mm-hmm. Gordon. While you guys come, I'm taking your purses, your phones, I'm holding on, and then when you leave, I'm supposed to give them back to you. All right, well around this time, 
um, I'm gonna I'm gonna blank on her name too. But Jordan. Uh, th- Jordan. That's right. Jordan that was, was the, right was in the front of me. Craziest coincidence. Jordan from I believe she's in Iowa. I think so. Yeah. Uh, an, another manager, a beautiful manager. She comes in for this very fancy picture with Gordon. I take her phone and purse mm-hmm. right around the same, t- same time I take your phone and purse. Mm-hmm. And um, then I go give you yours. Mm-hmm. I'm so blown away by your dress. Mm-hmm. I hand you your stuff. Now it's Jordan's turn to get her picture. Well, you go off and you're taking pictures with your team leader and your, your, your friends and all that kind of stuff. Um, Jordan comes and then goes and waits at the end of the line while her friends get their pictures, and then I give her friends their stuff back, mm-hmm. and she's waiting for hers and kind of, kind of waits and waits, thinking that I was too busy. Right. So finally, about five or ten minutes later, she comes to me and she says, hey, could I have my phone back? And <laughs> at this point, I mean, you know how many phones I probably passed through at yeah. that point, and I, I'm like, well, where, where is it? And I go to look for it. I can't find it. Any- now we can't find you. We can't even remember who had like who was who in front what? of her? Yep. <laughs> so, like we start. Uh, I, I about half an hour goes by. She doesn't. I like you know how important somebody's phone is. Oh yeah, man, it's so your lifeline nowadays. She she starts uh, na- naturally and rightfully. Jordan, if you're listening to this, you had every right to panic because I had fully lost your phone. I blew it. <laughs> um, and But we go through the art like we had a professional photographer. We have mm-hmm. Neil Geiger is our sport clips photographer. And he had been taking pictures of Gordon. Mm-hmm. So we ask him, hey, can you go back through your timeline? And we need to scroll and try and f- target whoever was around her. Right. And we could not find who it was. So I then start going through. Now the everybody's inside mm-hmm. eating. Right. Uh, they start having dinner, and I'm like going from table to table. Hey, have you seen? The, do, do you have a? Can you check your purse? Do you have a phone that's not yours? Do you, can you check your table? We we start like for the next hour of the awards banquet as people are eating. We're looking for this phone. Well, I didn't have a very big part. Not that I'm bitter. A uh, very big part of the awards banquet ceremony that last year. I think uh, the year before everybody got sick of me, so they're like, let's cut this guy out. Uh, but. Um, there was one thing that I had to do at the awards banquet with Whitney Reed, who mm-hmm. uh, usually, if she does a karaoke video with me or something like that, she's usually my partner in crime. Mm-hmm. So we had to go present. And she, when I get backstage, she's like, what's wrong with you? And she sees it on my face. And I'm like, I've, I've blown it. I've, I've lost this gal's phone. Jordan, uh, I, n- I never met her before tonight, but I'm sure she hates my guts right now. And she, I think she's probably crying her eyes out because I have blown it. I cannot find her phone. And when he's like, oh, don't worry, I'm sure it'll turn up. Um, why don't you make an announcement? I'm like, make an announcement? There's 4,000 people here. <laughs> what am I going to say? Guys, I blew it. You know, I've lost somebody's phone. She's like, I, I just think you should do it. So we go out there to read off to start doing this awards banquet thing. And I'm like, before we get started, um, I made a big mistake tonight. And I'm, could anybody, can you do me a favor? And what did I say? Check your purse and yeah. see if there's a phone in there that isn't you. Because I think she had turned the ringer off because it was going to mm-hmm. be. So we had tried calling the phone. We tried everything. Like the uh, find my iPhone, like mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, could you check your purse mm-hmm. to see? Is, was it in your purse? Is that where it was? So what happened? When you had handed, so I didn't take my phone up to get pictures taken with Gordon. Because uh-huh. that was the line of everybody who had done the karaoke. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so I didn't take my phone. I just took my, um, I just took my purse. Mm-hmm. So you had tucked Jordan's phone. You'd put it down, and then you'd put yeah. my wallet, my purse, yeah. on top of it. And it was about Sandwich the same it. size. Yeah. And so when you handed it back to me, I was so used to carrying my phone, I really thought it was mine. Yeah. So I came back to my table. I sat down, and it was just sitting right underneath. And when you said that, yeah. 
I just started like looking around going, oh, well, maybe it got left here. And then somebody goes, whose phone is that? And I was like, that's not my phone. And I was like, and then you said whose name it was. And I had met her when I was standing in line. Because you're like, hey, your name, your first name is Jordan. My My last name is Jordan. Right. That's what. So I'd already kind of met her. And so when you said something and then it clicked and I went, oh, she was like right behind me or in front of me. So then, you know, we went up. I tried to go over there and they were like, no, no, no. No. And then they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Come back. It was such, (laughs) it, it, it was I haven't had many highlights at Sport Clips because usually I'm part of the low light stuff. That was one of the highest moments of my life at Sport Clips <laughs> because we found this phone, this connection with Jordan, her first name, your last name, you wearing the Sport Clips dress, us having it. And so, yes, we, we brought you guys on stage. Plus, I wanted to show off now it, uh, this, this opportunity for 4,000 people to see this wonderful sport clip stress so we have an image a picture that was taken that night right. that is i've used it as my profile picture like it's yeah. one of my a lot of videos that i i produce i'll put that picture in there you are center point of that and so because of that i was like okay i owe you a visit uh, jordan if you're listening to this i know i owe you a visit too okay <laughs> and just keep your phone away from me if when i come to, to your store but um the things that you're doing i i know you had a lot of people contact you about can we can you please make us a dress or how do we like you sim- you simply don't have enough time for every, for all of that right i mean uh, you're, you're i just I, oh. I know but i i i so appreciate what you've done with this uh this bomber jacket that i've got it literally it's it's probably my favorite sport clips possession of all time and uh, i only get to really take probably half maybe a little bit more than half the credit cuz again I'm I'm a salvager, right? Yeah. So no, but the I got idea. it at Goodwill as a bomber jacket. I took it all apart. I ordered the fabric from a local company here in Oregon City, um, and then I took it all apart. I cut the pieces to fit, and I sewed it back together. Uh, okay. So. All of that gave me a headache just thinking about. <laughs> so don't dig. You need to take all the credit. And this is this is this is phenomenal. Um, so all, all that to say is. She's not taking requests right now. Um, she is managing. She's an ambassador. Uh, three she kids. she has three kids. So let's do this because your story's so cool, and because I just took the first fifteen minutes of the podcast <laughs> okay. to describe how we know each other and, and why we have such a fun connection. Um, let's unpack your story a little bit. You sure. are uh, you're a stylist, your manager, all that kind of stuff. Um, how how far back does your story? How about how far back should we go? Um. You're a little girl and all that, or uh, you're an adult and what? Oh, I don't know. Um, we can start with adult, I guess. Okay, sure. so let, let's go through um, your, uh, what, what are some challenges that you've overcome in the last 15, 20 years? Um, well, I am a recovering drug addict. Okay. Um, I was, that's, that's a big one that you've overcome. That's, that's a big yeah, one. That's, that's, that's a big one. I think, I think um, that's worthwhile. And, uh, I would say I work on it every day. It's definitely a, a one day. Have you gone through, a, have you gone through a program or is there a church? Like what, what is it that helped you get sober and, and, and is keeping you there? Sure. Um, well, let's see. Um, let's, let's just back up. Let's go back. Um, let's go back about, 2010 maybe okay. so um 2010 you're a mom 2010 i'm a mom of two of your three kids two of my three okay. kids um and um i worked and lived in uh lincoln city which is uh is here oregon? on the oregon coast okay um 
And I was, I had a, a boyfriend at the time. He was a longstanding boyfriend um, who had really struggled with addiction. Hmm. Um, had and it ever been anything you dabbled with or? No. Okay. You know, we'd been together for probably five or six years of me kind of him falling and me being understanding um, and just really getting stuck in that circle of um, codependency. Hmm. Um, and just me telling him me telling myself it was okay because I loved him. Mm -hmm. um, okay that he was going through this? Okay. Yeah. Um, and probably, you know, I'd, I'd moved out to the coast to kind of get away from him. He got clean. He came back in my life. Um, you know, and then he fell off again. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think I finally just got fed up with it, and I said, you know, I guess if you can't beat him, then you join him. Hmm. And it was probably, uh, I won't say probably, it was one of the worst mistakes of my life. So uh, it, it, was it a, um, a bullet train, like uh, one of these things that just phew, took off, or was it a slow burn? Ooh, um, I would say it was a bullet train that turned into a slow burn. Okay. So, um, because you you had custody of your kids at the I time. I had, yep, I had. Okay. And um, and know, what were you doing profession wise? Profession wise, yeah. I own my own salon. All right. So um, you were already a stylist. Yep. I by had trade. a house. I had um, my two kids. Um, so you're doing women full service. You're yeah. Doing women's yeah. Hair. Okay. Full service, um, cars, everything. You know, just um, everything you hope and wish for, you mm -hmm. know, when you're a little kid. Like, you know, I want to, you know, do all this stuff and be all this stuff. And, um, you know, we, uh, I had dabbled and then I stopped. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, and I continued to stay clean through my pregnancy. Okay. Um, he stayed clean through my pregnancy, which was, like, amazing. Is it because you're, like... For the baby, yeah. both of you yeah. are saying we got this was the wake up yeah. call that you needed, yeah. and never again. Right. All right. So um, we had my son. A um, couple months later, we got married. Mm -hmm. um, we had a beautiful wedding on the beach. Um, Who made the dress? I bought it at Goodwill. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. All right. But we did make all the decorations. Okay. Um, and uh, you know. Probably about three or four months after my son was born, my my ex-husband um, were divorced. Now uh, he was a really big health nut too. It's a really wow, weird, really weird oxymoron. Yeah. Um, he was like MMA fighter and just really had a, a, a really crippling addiction. Yeah. Um, and it, it got to the point um, where he started having an affair. Mm -hmm. um, he told me at the time. Um, that it was because I had gotten too fat and I wasn't taking care of myself. Mm. Um, which for me, you know, there was that that part of me, there was that part of me in my um, my brain that kind of went, um, you just had a baby. Right. <laughs> Does it really matter? Yeah. Um, you know, and then there was that other part of me, that little girl who's just self-doubt, you know, thinking there's really just something wrong with me, um, being afraid to lose everything that I have. You know, and so at that point in time, when my son was about, um, you know, three or four months old, I started using again. Um, you know, and it, we probably, probably was just um, smoking meth okay. for, oh, probably six to nine months. And I was probably really able to hold on to things. Is um, your husband still 
right now ex-husband still in the picture at this point or he's long gone he's he's because still in, he's still in his addiction okay unfortunately well i mean when you re-enter oh yeah. no he's there with me okay no he's so there you've with taken me. him back essentially even yeah. though he's he's slipped up um, yeah we uh, basically just decided that you know it was what you know i was going to forgive him um this is, you know, in my mind, I think um, back then it was one of those things where I was like, this is what I'm going to do to be on another level with him so that he doesn't leave me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, we, of course, with, and I don't know if you know much about drug addiction, and I, I know a lot of people. Not as much as. Not a lot of people do, yeah, but a lot, some people that do, there, for yeah. anybody that's listening, you know that, um when you involve uh, any hardcore drugs and lack of sleep, emotions get very mixed. And so um, abuse um, became a regular part of my life. Um, Had it ever been something in your history, either growing up or? um, You know, but I don't, it was never anything to that scale. Never where you felt threatened or feared, kind of for your physical safety, okay. Um, And my parents were never like that. My parents are, yeah. my parents are great. but um so when the physical stuff happens are you so out of it that you're like this is this can be the new normal i can i can live with this i can accept this yeah that's a lot of what it was Mm -hmm. and i didn't want to um you know when i asked when when we talked about getting back together before he moved down um when i moved to the coast you know i said one thing to him and that was um please don't ruin my paradise because it was my opportunity to start over. Mm -hmm. I mean, at that point, I'd worked at McDonald's for 15 years. I was an area manager for McDonald's. Um, I went to school, got my, you know, um, beauty school and and got this great career and everything else. And I was like, just don't ruin my paradise. Mm -hmm. And I think I got really in a deep depression going, well, my paradise is ruined now, so what's it matter? Right. Um, Things started to show, um, you know, one of the really common things with um methamphetamine use is weight loss and and then really erratic behavior and so um i started to get really skinny and i started to really flake out on a lot of things um how 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 does that work in terms of uh there can there are some high functioning individuals that Mm -hmm. somehow i i don't i don't know that's what how does that work like when you have this addiction and you still have responsibilities in your life you obviously got to choose one over the other, um, but how how can you pull it off for a little while and then it eventually catches up with you? How can you walk me through like how what is that tightrope walk like? It's like one is too many and a thousand is never enough. Okay, right is really what comes to mind. You know, in the beginning, it feels more like um, it feels more like a means to an end. Like you go to work and you make money so you can buy the drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a long time, that's really what it was. Like I went to work and I made money, um, so that I could buy the drugs, go to work, make money, buy the drugs, you know, and it was like never ending cycle. Do you feel while you're working, like my quality isn't as good as it used to be or no, I'm pulling this off. I I can do it. No, no. You feel like you're pulling it off. You feel like nobody knows and you're just, you know, you're just fine. And, um, you're delusional. Yeah, pretty right. much. Okay. Yeah, you you really put yourself did, in this little bubble of psychosis where you think nobody notices and no and everything's fine. Did you find out after the fact that people were like, uh, yeah, no, we noticed and we, oh yeah, okay, oh yeah, and being in recovery too, you know, I've had lots of sponsees now and um, and watching some of them and some of their behaviors and it's like, listen, 
let's have a conversation because mm-hmm. I've so been there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're not telling, you're not being honest. And I remember having a conversation with my mom when I was probably about a year and a half into my addiction, you know, and just really truly believing that I convinced my mom that everything was fine and I wasn't on any drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so it came to um, a head with my husband um, when my son was just a little under a year old. Um, we got in a pretty bad fight and, um, he blacked out, he blacked out after the third punch, but he beat me for over an hour and a half. Oh my gosh. Um, so, so, okay. So blacked out cause he doesn't remember, he doesn't but, remember. but he physically was obviously still around and yeah. he didn't pass out. No, he didn't pass yeah, out. Right, he right. just blacked yeah, out. Yeah. Understood. Um, he had, he had gotten really escalated to the point where he, um, was sh- shooting dope. Yeah. Um, and he was taking steroids. And so oh, he was oh my gosh. pretty nutso. Yeah. Um, and, and, and are you now at this point, are you, are you high enough to the point where you're not even cognizant this is really happening and feeling it or is that what's going on? Yeah. For yeah? the most part. I mean, I remember it all. I remember, um, I remember, you know, when he kind of came to, he, I mean, there was blood everywhere. Yeah. He didn't really, he knew what he had done, but he didn't really accept what he'd done. I just, and I really, I remember him <clears throat> handing um, our youngest son, um, Jaden, who was, you know, just under a year at yeah. the time, because he was present for the whole thing. Um, and I remember him coming over and handing him to me and telling me that I needed to leave that it wasn't safe for me. And I remember just putting him in the car and we drove over to um, my friend's house or his sister's house, um, cause she had my kids and I will never forget the look on, I was actually my sister-in-law on her face. And she was like, she looked at me, she had to double take she, cause I was unrecognizable, mm-hmm. um, you know? And um, it was really, that was really kind of the first time I went, okay, like enough is enough. How, where where were your older kids at the time? Um, uh, my daughter was there, uh, or she was at my sister-in-law's house, and my son, at that point in time, um, I think he was visiting his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only Jaden was the only one that was in the house right. when the attack was happening. Right. So um, two weeks later, here's my wonderful codependency. We got back together, even because, after all that. So so help me out. Help sure. me understand. Uh, I just interviewed somebody else who had mm-hmm. been in an abusive relationship. Yeah. And um, how? What's the thought process? What? What? Are, what is the inner dialogue that's mm-hmm. happening that says I can forgive him this time? It's never going to yeah. happen. Like what? Yeah. What's going on? He loves me. He doesn't mean it. It's um, the drugs. It'll, it's the not, drugs. It's not him. It'll be. You know. He says he's not going to do it this time. He's going to get help. Um, if I'm just nicer, you know, don't oh, okay. fall, don't follow the dragon into the cave if you don't want to get burned. Mm-hmm. You know, all those things that we, you know, whether we're man or woman, because I've known men who've been in abusive situations yeah. too, right? Sure. We all have these things that we tell ourselves to justify it or make it okay. Um, you know, what I've learned from my own self is um, that it's not, and it really has something more to do with me, not not somebody else. Right. Well, and even that even that phrase you just used, which I'd never heard before, don't follow the dragon in the cave if you don't want to get burned. Yeah. I mean, is that uh, self-perpetuating? It's my fault. I've set myself up right. to, and, and I and now if I do better, 
right. to not create those circumstances, right. then the, the abuse won't happen. Right. So if it'll be fine if we're both using, and he might get mad at me, but you know what? If I don't say something about the something, yeah. then I won't, get, I won't get beat. But the mm-hmm. reality is, is that um, it has nothing to do with me if, yes. if he's going to go off you know, or I'm going to go off or whatever. I mean, um, it was not uncommon for us to stay up for two or three weeks at a time. And, um, you know, that'll make you pretty, pretty bonkers. So. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so we got back together. Um, and I think it was like a week later and I was, I just told him to get out. He left, he went to Portland. Um, hey, did he have a, uh, what kind of record did he have at the time where, yeah, he had a he had a pretty he had already been to prison once. Yeah, so I mean, you you report him and he he gets tried. He's probably looking at more yep. time, right? Yep. So, uh, what prevents you from uh, going to the police all these times? Because you're so trapped in the addiction yourself. You're like, yep. if I do it, then yep. I'm in trouble. Yep, I'm still using. So if yeah. I go and report him, then okay. I'm going to get in trouble. Okay. And so I decided that I would not. Um, I decided instead that I would try to just escape my own pain more because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, despite all of it, regardless, like I was still so, I was still so madly in love with him, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that it hurt. And so, um, I made the choice to, um, step up my drug use game and started using intravenously. Um, which at, to that point. You had never. I had never done it that way before. Uh, and, and the whole decision to to step up your words mm-hmm. um, was that so that you'd be on a level with him and maybe be accepted. The I just or, wanted the pain to go away and it'd and be quicker and easier. And at the time, the 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 amount of circle and the friends that I had been keeping, um, they all did it that way, mm-hmm. and it was pretty well said. Like it's the only way to get completely numb. Um, I don't like to say it a lot, but it's right. Yeah. You, um, you go numb. Yeah. You do not care. You do not feel, um, you know, the only thing you care about is your next high. Mm -hmm. Um, and everything that I had high functioning or maintaining till then, um, I lost it literally in three months once I started doing it that way. Uh, because you couldn't, you literally couldn't keep it together at that right. point. Right, I couldn't keep it together, um, and I mean, and it it got. Uh, I lost my son, um, uh, my middle child. Okay. His dad took him, um, did, rightfully so. Yeah, I was gonna say, do you blame him? <laughs> rightfully so. Um, right. No, I don't blame him at yeah. all. Um, I knew that things were going south really bad. Had you um, ever been arrested yet? Nope. Yourself? Nope. Okay. Um, I knew things were going um, bad and really south, and I really, really wanted to move and get out of there and move back home. So I sent my daughter to go live with her grandma on her dad's side, told her I'd be up there in like two weeks that I was packing my stuff. And I never left. Mm-hmm. Um, my and youngest. How, how old was your daughter at that time? Um, Maybe 10. 10 or 11? 10. Yeah. Okay. So old, old enough to know. Old enough to, to know. To kind of figure out mom's not got it Something's together. not yeah. right, yeah. And I think up until this point, um, it wasn't necessarily, I don't, 
I'm sure my daughter, you know, talking to her now about it later, um, you know, she had an inkling that something wasn't wrong or that something was wrong. But um, me and, and uh, oddly enough, my ex-husband's name is Jordan. Um, I know. What? Um, I know. Me and Jordan, we had been together for, I think, going on seven years at that point. Um, and our relationship had never been something of harmonious peace. It had always been some type of drama, mainly because he was going in and out of addiction. So yeah. he was going in and out of relationships and in and out of, you know, so my daughter, my kids were very used to it being a very dramatic um, interaction. Mm -hmm. And so this was just one more thing. And, and so I don't think that they completely comprehended at that point, although all the adults did. Um, my son, uh, my youngest, Jaden, he stayed with me. Um, and I assume your mom mm -hmm. at this point is looking over your shoulder every... My mom, uh, lived, my mom lived in Oregon City, and I lived in Lincoln City two hours away. Okay. So, so she can't be as present as... And I pretty much, um, you know, as you do when you start using you you start building these barriers and Xing right. people out of really being, you know, I stopped being on Facebook. Um, you know, I have a couple pictures of me from my addiction on, when I was on Facebook, but I really stopped talking to a lot of my family. And that's that shame, mm -hmm. you know, cause you just, you know, um, half of it is you, you don't want people to tell you no, you don't want people to tell you stop. Um, the reality is for most addicts is that um, you don't stop until you're ready to. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's just so, what it is. Cause you, you had mentioned that it literally took three months for everything to unravel. Yep. So I assume at this point, the uh, the salon is... Con? Yep. Okay. I just decided I kept taking days off and closing it and closing it and kept taking days off. And then finally, I just never went back and I lost everything that I had in it. Um, the uh, and you, were, you had a house. Mm-hmm. So... Got, um, lost it too. Um, it was a nice house. I was renting it, but... Um, you know, I had decided that um, I had decided that I was going to try and move. So I had, like packed up all my stuff and was hardly ever there. I had let some other friends of mine that were using stay there while I was staying in town um, because it was easier to get to drugs. Um, and uh, yeah, they uh, they pretty much started trashing, trashing oh, it yes. and using it as a trap house, which yeah. is what happened. So yeah. I got kicked out of there. Um, I told, I put all my stuff in a U-Haul and one of my friends was going to drive it up to Portland, took off with it for three days and then they got, um, arrested driving it. And so then all my stuff was put in impounded. it, impounded yeah. and then put in a U-Haul storage. Um, you know, and it was like some obscene amount of like $500 a month payments or stuff to keep it, you know, going. And it was like everything. Um, so I had a car. I had a car, um, and I had a lot of friends. I had a lot of using friends, quote unquote. A car with a car seat in it. A car with a car seat in it. You <laughs> a are little, yep. a little boy. Yep, and a little boy. Oh and, my god. Um, at one point in time, you know, things got really bad there, and I didn't really have any place to go. So I asked one of my cousins up in Portland to watch him uh, for a weekend, and I left him there for three months. It, because the, the time got away from you, yep. or okay. Yep. Yeah, Liter and, and literally three months out. feels like three days. No, nope. they, they weren't going to be they like, weren't you need to take him back. Nope, nope. Okay. They actually, uh, you know, I got wind that they were going to go to Children's Services mm -hmm. and ask for um, some type of custody or adoption or something like that. 
And so not to be cruel, but not, to yeah. keep him safe. To keep him safe. Yeah. And so I, uh, once I got wind of it, I immediately drove up to Portland and took him, and took him back to the coast. Um, I finally found like a. Um, I found a friend who would watch him a lot. Um, a, a, a friend that was clean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so she watched him a lot. and. Um, did she know you were struggling? Yeah. She knew I was struggling. Um, she did her best. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not judging. I'm, I'm yeah. saying. She knew I was struggling. She, she did her best. She bailed you out with, as you can still be a mom yeah. as much as you could yeah. in your mind. So I, um, you know, in the three months that my son was gone, um, I didn't really have anywhere to go. Um, I still got loaded. <laughs> yeah, how are you? Um, how are you? For, how are you paying this? Paying for this? Selling my body. Yeah. And how about? Have you been uh, arrested at this point? Nope. So, you are, are, are in your mind. Are you like I'm getting away with this? Yep. Okay. Yep. And, that, and Lincoln City is a really small town. It's a seven mile town. Yeah. Um, you know, I would literally get up and go for a walk in the morning and. Uh, I would see it's a small town has same, you know, maybe 10, 20 police officers, you know, they'd be around in the morning. I'd stop and talk to them being really loaded, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sure they probably went, I wish I could arrest you right now, yeah. but I don't have anything to bring you in on. Right. And, um, you know, I, um, if you've ever been to, uh, you know, I most, most places have beach access bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's six in Lincoln city. So every night I would just pick one and I would lock myself in the bathroom and sleep on the bathroom floor. At, at what point do you go, this is not what I want? How, when, when how, I, how do you get out of this? So when I got Jaden back, I was like, I have to do something different. I can't live in bathrooms with Jaden. Yeah. Um, so I had a, um, I had a friend who was, um, she was able to get by. She was an older lady. Um, she was using, but she wasn't, uh, she was still, she had been a police officer. I know that sounds really weird. Wow. She'd been a police officer for 25 years, so she really knew how to work the system, and she had a spare room. Mm-hmm. So she said, um, give me all your food stamps for the month. Um, and at that time, I think I had TANF, which is Temporary Assistance for Needy Families. I had like $200, so she said, give me all your TANF, and, and give me all your... Um, food stamps and you can live here so um i lived there with her um i had a new boyfriend who was my dealer so you know in my little loaded mind like i had it made yeah um my daughter really missed me um so i went and picked her up um and she came back and lived at this house oh Boy. Which was just a hot mess because yes, it was no me and three other Ivy using drug addicts and oh my, my two gosh. kids. Um, and it was really. Um, Your middle son, are you seeing him at this point no. at all? No. Nope. Dad's nope. like over my dead body. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Pretty okay. much. Um, so I lived there for probably about a year, um, maybe a little less. And, you know, um, it was really terrifying every day because I felt like I was always picking up everybody's stuff so that my kids didn't find it. Yeah. Um, Jaden's learning to walk at this point and crawling yeah, and yeah. all that he's, stuff. He's, uh, he's three. Okay. He's three by now. So, so a toddler been, in a drug den, essentially. Pretty much. What, what pretty you, much. And, um, and my daughter was what, 11, 12. Right. Um, so um, I had a crazy idea when I was watching the news one night 
um, I was watching this special report on squatters. Mm-hmm. Right? You know what a squatter yep, is, right? Course, yeah. They go somebody else's house. Um, you know, and I, I watched this news report um, about these people um, and all these other scams, and they had talked about all these rent scams, and then that people were like paying to rent places on Craigslist and then coming to their house that they had paid to rent, and then nobody was there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, um, no. And so I thought, what happens to these people that they paid all this money? They're just a victim. So I cased a house, and I made a fake lease, and I moved in and I squatted. And when the cops came knocking at my door, I said, what do you mean? I paid for this all on Craigslist. Didn't work. Ah, uh, okay. They, they, said, they said, oh, okay, and then they shut the door. And then, um, you know, because I just had to get out of that house, and I yeah. didn't care what it took. And so Did you have the kids? I had the kids. Yeah, okay. Um, and how long, how, how long are you in that house? Oh, a week. Okay. We were in there a whole week, um, you know, and I told – I gave the cops my story, and they – Your fake story? My fake story. Okay, all right. Uh-huh. They left. They came back about 10 minutes later, you know. Um, With a search warrant, or what did it have? No, no. Um, you know, she um, – Officer Mills – um, I the talk, same one that I talked to her often. Yeah, okay. I talked to her often. Really nice lady. Um, you know, she she came in. Um, she said, "Can I come in?" I said, "Yeah." And she um, she sat down and she looked at me and she said, "So I talked to the owners of this house. So do you want to tell me the truth, or do you want to continue to lie?" Mm-hmm. And um, if you have ever carried a lie or carried so much pain and regret and had that moment where it just you just let it out and everything lifted mm-hmm. you know in my program you call that surrender yeah. like i surrendered yeah i said i want to tell you the truth mm. and i just let i let it all go i let it all go i told everything um you know, um, does it help if she's a female on that? You could, no, it wouldn't have mattered. Whoever, no, it wouldn't have mattered. I mean, said. at that point they had called pretty much the whole police squad. So there yeah. was like 16 cops, you know, going around. Yeah. Are your um, kids in the house when this is all unfolding? Are they Jasmine is at her friend's house at a sleepover. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaden is there. Okay. Um, you know, and I will give hats off to Lincoln city police department cause, um, you know, they, they like took um, Jaden outside and they like played ball with, yes. him, played ball with yeah. him and kept him occupied until um, children's services could come and take him up to my mom's because I was getting arrested. Um, for the first time. For, uh, unbelievably. Yeah. But for the first time. Yeah. Um, so I. Um, and, and you are, are you high at this oh time? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm very high. <laughs> um, I remember driving over in the police car and just. Um, not knowing what was going to happen. Um, did they cuff you? They did. And and did Jaden see? No. Okay. They made sure he didn't see. Okay. Um, we did stop by my – we had to go by where my daughter was, um, and she saw me handcuffed and in the cop car. Oh, um, You know, so she was she was pretty upset about that. Um, Especially because she's old enough to yeah. put the pieces together. Jane, yeah. You know, you would have – And she was, like, at a sleepover at the most popular right. girls. Right, You know, oh. oh, here's my mom in a cop car. Oh. Hey, Mom. My goodness. I'm so sorry. To oh, it's okay. Uh, um, you know, so I went um, I went to jail. Yeah. Um, I was probably in there a good week and a half before you really got to see your lawyer. 
Um, yeah, well, it's not that, anything that happens quickly, especially no, in Lincoln but County. But that must have been a week and a half of hell in terms of what yeah. you're coming off. Yeah, like yeah, do they give was. you method? I mean, what are, nope. you got nothing to nope. to help? In in all honesty, um, methadone's more for for heroin. Um, with meth, basically, you just need to eat and sleep it off. I slept for the first three days I was in there because um, I'd been up, I think, for oh, prob- I think I was I think that was my 23 day run. I had maybe taken a couple 15 minute naps, but wow. I'm not. I'd been up for 23 days. By the time they arrested me, um, I was 98 pounds. Oh, my gosh. Um, I looked like a, a skeleton. Yeah. Um, I was extremely malnourished. Um, I was so dehydrated to the point where I couldn't I couldn't even inject myself anymore. So I, um, you know, I had I had pin needles and pushes and bruises and everything all over my arms and my legs and, um, you know, I still I still carry a good scar. Yeah, I see it. Um, you know, but I was definitely I was definitely ready. And once once like um, once the meth fog kind of cleared, all I could think about was like, what did I just do to my life? Mm. And um, I remember, I remember feeling like I started it had been doing how many, this. How many years? How? Almost, almost three and a half. Okay. It had been three and a half years, three and a half years of, um, you know, not taking care of anything, of letting everything I had fall apart, um, losing my, now losing all three of my kids, mm-hmm. um, my house, my car, my career, um, my self-respect, my yeah. dig, my dignity. Um, you know, any any feeling of any feeling of, of being a human being mm-hmm. and um, just really caught up on all the things that um, I was supposed to be and I should have been mm-hmm. based on, you know, where I came from because I came from a good family. I had a two-parent household and I went to church three times a week and I was in a professional choir. I toured in Australia. I was an exchange student in Japan. Um, you know, I, I did all these great things, um, you know, and I, I made some bad choices based on my own codependent behavior and what I thought was love. And um, so I'm in jail. Um, some of the other girls are talking about a, a program called Drug Court. Yep. Um, so I talked to my lawyer, and he says, well, you're looking at felony charges, so you don't qualify for Drug Court. Ooh. And he says, but you qualify for Hope Court. And I said, well, what's Hope Court? And he said, it's the same thing as Drug Court, except with Drug Court, when you complete it, they erase your charges. Expunge. With Hope Court, you take your charges off the bat, and that's what it is. Uh-huh. And you will, you will have them the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you do it and you complete it, um, you know, then you'll be on some, some type of probation or uh, court supervision, um, and you will just live with the fact that you're going to have a felony on your record the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can go to prison for 10 years. You pick. Um, and then by that time, your kids are grown up. And they're out of the house, at <laughs> right, least two of them. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, the lady came to um, interview me for it, and um, and I knew that I was really serious, and I wanted to show them that I was serious. So when she came to interview me for it, um, I brought her interview questions because I wanted to know what I was getting into. I wanted to make sure that um, – that I could be successful at it, that I was going to have the support that I needed at it because I'd been ready to quit and stop for a long time. I just didn't know how to do it, and I didn't have the support to do it. At this point, I didn't know about any outside community 
help. I didn't know about Celebrate Recovery or Narcotics mm-hmm. Anonymous or Alcoholics Anonymous. I I didn't even understand what treatment was. So, um, because they, you had never tried to stop before, I'd never tried to stop. So you're before. not one of these that dabbled and and, and got back right. and you right. know and slipped and fell off the wagon right. and all that. You just went on this three and a half year tear. Yep. And never looked back. And destroyed my whole life in yeah. the process. So they let me sit in jail for three months. Um, usually they, when they accept you, it's within 30 days. Um, the DA and the and my lawyer fought for um, that three months because my lawyer was like, this woman will be successful in it. This woman needs it. And the DA was more like, okay, we understand that she was on drugs, but like right. she did a lot of things that yeah. are probably not really, you know, What did, what did your lawyer see in you that made, made him think? I don't know. I mean, it was the lawyer and then the Hope Court administrator. Um, her name is Megan, and I still talk to her today. Um, I'm still the only, the, to this day, the only person who has ever brought interview questions to that mm-hmm. interview. Most people, um, you know, and it's, um, it's a very, it's, it's not a very big program. Drug court is really big in Lincoln County. Um, Hope Court, not so much. Um, they only have about 30 spots per year. Um, and how long is the program? It is a year long. Okay. So it's and actually it, 16 months. It, 16 months, um, so like it's a year. out of, out of jail or right. you, okay. Right. So your 16 months starts. So. Um, I got accepted into that. I got sentenced the same day that I got sentenced. I got released. Um, and what Hope Court is, um, is it is um, court-supervised treatment. So I had 35 hours of recovery that I was required to do a week. So I had, um, I had to go to four outside groups. I had to go to one, two, three. I had to go to four, four meeting or four uh like counseling or group therapy through Reconnections Counseling that were three to four hours long, um, and then I had to find a I had to find a sponsor, um, and I just I went all in. I went all in. I went feet first. I said I'm ready. I'm gonna do it. I know in the beginning like I didn't have a car. I lived two miles away from where it was, and like I remember the first day that I had to go to um, the treatment. Um, I remember it was raining. And I couldn't find a ride, so I walked three and a half miles in the rain at the coast. Wow. Um, you know, they released. What month they, was it? Like February. Oh my god! So it was freezing, and I remember yeah. getting there, and I was twenty minutes late. Yeah. And I remember being soaking wet and looking at all these people that I didn't know, and the guy Larry going, "Well, you're late. You like you can't be here if you're late." And I remember going, everybody going, "Oh, come on, Larry, yeah. just let her go. It's fine. She walked, you know," and um. I made some really, really good friendships, and I, um, I learned really quickly, um, and I kind of had always known how to do, um, if you do what's more than expected of you, um, you, get, you get the extra help that you need, mm-hmm. and you get things out of it. And so, um, you know, they required me to go to three, um, I went, or they required me to go to four, I went to five, and then when I moved on to, you did that for uh, the first, um, you know, it's one, two, three, one, two, three phases. So I did that for the first phase, um, which was, I think, uh, four and a half months. And then when they said, you know, okay, now you just have to go to two of these three hour classes, I still went to four, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, 
and I uh, embellished myself. I found a church um, and and rebuilt my relationship with Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and God. Um, I was really mad at God, Mm -hmm. really, really mad at God for a long time. Um, And I was able to rebuild, um, you know, my whole structure of how I felt. um, What was the anger? Why did you let this? Why did you let this happen to me? Yeah. 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 No, I think all the normal. I got rebaptized when I turned a year clean. Um, I got baptized in the Pacific Ocean. Oh. Um, um, That's my, cold up here. Uh, you know, it was <laughs> it's not funny. Hawaii Pacific it, Ocean. It was cold, but it was actually two degrees warmer than any other well where on the coast where I got okay. baptized. All right. um, so in the um, in phase three of the program. Um, and this wasn't a faith-based program you were in, no, right? The whole, no, this was all court. supervised by yeah. the court. Okay. Um, although I did go to Celebrate Recovery two mm-hmm. times a week, um, and I went to um, uh, Narcotics Anonymous, um, which is where Because you're not just doing one. You, you're doing, like you I'm said, doing them all. you're doing more than enough. When I graduated, my pack was, everybody can yeah, see it, yeah. my pack was, you know, five or six inches long because I had to get these slips signed, yeah. you know. Uh, in the meetings, we say a, a nudge from the judge and a higher power slip, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so in phase three, they said, okay, well, you have to get a job. And I said, I'm not going to get a job here. I'm not going to stay here. Once I graduate this, I'm going to move back home with my parents and I'm going to try and reboot my life. Mm -hmm. And I fought with them for a couple of weeks on it. And then finally they went, okay, well. Because they wanted you to stay local, right? Yeah. Yeah. They wanted me, they wanted me to be, they wanted, well, they wanted me to be a mentor because I was being so successful at it. Um, and so. They said, all right, well, why don't you just do job search? And I said, okay. And they said, do you know anything you want to do? And I said, yeah, I want to go back and cut hair. So the Lincoln County probation officer paid to reinstate my license because I had let it lapse. Um, I know, hats off to them. Um, Because you didn't have the money at the time. I did not have the money at the time. (laughs) Um, And you had a felony record. And I had a felony record. um, And I was really providing on the generosity of a lot of – a lot of the people in the program um, for a good six months or three months of my recovery when I was clean I was homeless hmm. um, it was summer but every day somebody from um, the program came and paid my um, my campsite okay every day somebody came and paid like clockwork you know mm-hmm. it's all right just stay clean just go one more day and it was just wow. it was just me and Jaden and Jasmine and we were just because um, I got they Are you were literally camping Literally in, camping. In a, what do you have? You have a tent? A tent. You have a-, a tent. And everybody brought me just random camping supplies and said, we're just going to make it work. By wow. the by, the phase three, I had gotten a new place. I had gotten a place to live through somebody I'd met at church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he agreed to, he gave it to me at half the price, what I could afford from my TANF. Um, you know, they had me go to these work programs. Um, and the lady said, you know, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to do something different. And she goes, okay. I said, she said, what do you want to do? I said, I'm going to work at Sport Clips. And she said, what Sport Clips? And I said, I think it's just men's hair. Did you now? Did you say Sport Clips, or did, when you told her, did you say Sports Clips? I Let's said Sport a, Clips. Uh, okay, All one right. Sport, two Clips. Okay. So, so how did you hear about it? Like, why, why, why did you say I want to do? I want to go to Sport Clips. In all honesty, I've racked my brain for almost four years. Mm-hmm. And wondered, like, did I see it in a commercial? Did somebody tell me it'd be a good idea? I honestly don't know. Hmm. I just, out of my mouth, said, I'm going to work for Sport Clips. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do. 
and there was no changing my mind. Man, you I, don't, can, I don't know who to give a shout out to. The marketing department, the recruiting department. Right? You know, let's say everybody. Let's say, every, let's say everybody, everybody did their job. But yeah. from that point on, there was no telling me any different. I went to the workplace and they said, well, why don't you just apply at other places so that you don't have all your eggs in one basket? Mm -hmm. I said, no, I'm going to work for sport clubs. Mm -hmm. So I applied and I talked to Ashley, who's the used to be yes. the manager. And I told her, like, I'm moving up there in two months. Um, you know, and I, where is is it? Oregon City? Is in that Oregon City. Okay. Yeah, it's where my parents lived. And she said, okay, well, call me when you come. And so just to be safe, because they pushed me, I set up actually five interviews at five different sport clips in okay. the Portland area. All right. Um, so I graduated the program. Um, lots of tears because I had to say goodbye, you know. Oh, yeah, and all these relationships. All these relationships yeah. I had built, um, you know, and um, was really, you know, they really wanted me to stay. Um, and um, I built, like, just tons of relationships. And so I moved up here. Um I went to all five interviews, and I told each of the managers a little bit of my story. Um, not, I just made it really clear, like, I need to go to church on Sunday, and I have to be able to go to these meetings. And the, um, in Ashley, she, um, she understood my struggle, mm. and I felt from her the understanding of how important it was for me when I explained it to her. So that's where I decided this to is go. Ashley, I met her today. You right? did? Yeah. yeah, Ashley Jones. Yeah. Shout out to Ashley Jones. Mm -hmm. she the one who made the Mountain Dew brownies? No, that, no, was, that Wendy. was Wendy. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, so I landed it there. Um, I and, and Felony and all. Like, mm -hmm. had you, I mean, it's not like you put on big, bold letters on the interview or the application, mm -hmm. I have a felony, but that is... That is, they they can find that out. They can find right? that out. It's not like you, yep. you can cover that up. Yep. Nope. They so can find that out. do you do you bring that up to them, or you just leave it and not even mention it? Um, I mean, my team leaders and my manager are aware. Mm -hmm. Um, and were when they were hiring you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I just I'm interested to find that out. Like, yeah. Obviously, now I know. Yeah. Who you are, yeah. how great you are, yeah. all that. But at the time, nobody knew you. I mean, you were in another whole city yeah. and been through all this. And yeah. okay, so um, I had what fourteen months clean when I started working there, mm -hmm. um, and I just immediately got involved in a bunch of meetings um, and found myself um, truly at home. Right, um, you know some of the. The basic principles that I learned in recovery um, was to do do what's right, <laughs> um, even when nobody's looking. Mm -hmm. um, treat treat other people the way that they want to be treated. Mm -hmm. um, if you, you know, say do your best, do, then I'm gonna your, <laughs> and do your best, right? Like wow, cool. with with some of the things that I got taught really early on in recovery about what it looks like to be to have integrity and what it looks like to be committed and what it looks like um, to be passionate about something. Um, when I started working for this company, it was like, it was like all the stars came alive mm -hmm. and somebody said, oh. Right, yeah, like a <laughs> shaft know? of light comes yeah. down from heaven. I mean, it was absolutely amazing and I just fit right in. Um, I couldn't cut men's hair with a crap, mm -hmm. I'll tell you that. 
Sorry for the language. Um, but Ashley we, is... I've heard worse on this podcast. Ashley so is the... Um, I said worse myself. I tell you what, hats off to that woman because um, she, I must have tried her patience sometimes because I just wanted to go and I just wanted to do it, but like I couldn't do it. And she was so patient and so encouraging. So what, I, I mean, I'm not... Obviously, everybody knows I'm not a stylist. They would <laughs> never trust me with the shears and clippers and everything. Yeah. But what, what's the what's the pivot? How's the ch- What's the challenge from going from doing women's hair your whole life to men's hair? Like... Why is that? Why was that such a hurdle? Um, well, two reasons. Number one, when you cut a little bit off of women's hair, yeah, they freak out uh-huh. if it's even just a hair yeah. more. Um, with men, they'll sit in your chair and they'll go, "I want a zero on the sides," and you'll be like, "Are you sure? Mm-hmm. That's all your hair." So right. you get very used to um, this culture of 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 women and how they really react to their hair, um, you know, versus a man who's like. It'll grow back. Yeah. Just take yeah. it off. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of timidness. And then I had done perms and colors. And, oh, sweetie, my husband's here. Can you give him a little scissor You're cut? Right. I had never done any fades. I had okay. never used a blending <clears throat> comb. I'm like, oh, what is this thing? Yeah. Um, and so I did not understand. Um, and so she was very patient with me. Um, I loved coming to class and I learned so much. Are we are we filming this in a class where you learn to cut? We are men's filming hair, this in a class where I learned okay. how to cut All right. men's That's hair. That's cool. It is cool. Full circle. It is cool, full circle. Yeah. Um yeah. So um uh I How long before you really start to flourish as sport clips? Ooh. Well, let's see. I got promoted to assistant manager. Um, a year in? What? It was, yeah, just a little over a year. Okay. It was in, I think, 2017. Yeah, 2017. Um, and I had, um, I had started talking to Jaden's dad again. Mm-hmm. Um, talking? Like? Talking. Trying to get him to kind of get off whatever he was off to try and mm-hmm. be something for his son okay Um, but you're not you're not looking to reconnect no okay um and then he got in a really bad accident he got ran over Mm. and a a semi a half semi truck stopped on his chest and and he almost died yeah i I mean i don't know how's it almost died he almost died he was in critical care for um um a little bit and uh and i lost it Mm -hmm. and i relapsed Mm. Really? After all that success. No way. And almost, you know, three years. And uh, how, how, how? Like, did you know where to go to find, like? I had somebody that I had met, um, sadly, at work. Um, Mm -hmm. She's no longer with us. Yeah. Um, And I made that really bad choice. Yeah. And it happened a couple more times, and I just hit it. And on the the third time when it came out, um, I looked myself straight in the mirror, and I said, I am not going to do this to my life again. I'm mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. I'm not. And I walked my happy butt into my car down to the treatment center that's here in Oregon City, and I said, listen, this happened. I'm not okay with it. I need to essentially put myself back in Hope Court yeah. without the court. Right. And the lady looked at me like I was crazy. She's like, you don't need 
really treatment. Like yeah. you already went through huge treatment. Yeah, you, you had know what long, to do. You had right. a long piece of clean time. You just and I said no. I need accountability. Yeah. This is what I need. And um. And I let myself truly embrace everything because I think for a long time I was on a pink cloud and everybody was like you're doing so great yes. yeah. and you do so great and you did this and I had all this accountability Accolades and yeah and so now um on January 1st I'll have 18 months clean again awesome um and it's been such a different experience because I think about everything that's happened in the last 18 months mm -hmm. right like there was no, if you don't do this, then you're going to do this. It was purely me going, this is what I want mm -hmm. for the rest of my life, mm -hmm. right? And, um, you know, we found that lump in my neck and that was really scary and I made it through that, um, you know, and then they decided to promote me um, and it, I was just totally in shock and I've just been... When did the promotion happen? When did you become manager? That happened last January. Okay. So we're January. coming up on a year of that. Right. Right? Right. Um, I hope there's some fun celebration planned. I, I might have to figure something <laughs> out. I'll figure something out. January what? Um, let's see. Well, I went to Disney World the first week of January. So probably. And then they, they asked me right before I left. And when I came back, I took over. So I think probably around the 15th. Okay. I, I got I to set a calendar reminder for myself. But um, I guess for me, like... Everything that has just happened this year um, has just been so amazing. Mm. And the support that I've gotten from um, my team, from my team leaders, um, you know, I've shared my story with my coaches, um, you know, with, with other people here. And I think the biggest takeaway that I get is, um, you know, we, we all have our stories. And I think for a really long time, I got, um, I got super hung up thinking I I just failed. I yeah. failed at what I was supposed to be, who I was supposed to be. And then I think at one point in time um, over this last year, I realized that's not how you measure a person. Mm -hmm. You don't measure a person on how they failed. Everybody fails mm -hmm. at who you're supposed to be. Everybody does. Yeah. It's how you accept who you are that matters, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me... Um, I just feel so blessed that I get all these opportunities that, um, you know, I get to be here today. I have custody of all three of my kids. Wow. Um, I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Okay. I have, I have wow. custody of all three of my kids. Um, I don't do everything perfectly. Um, Hey, neither do they. Nobody, <laughs> nobody ever does everything, anything perfectly. I got, you got teenagers. I got teenagers. We know. Yeah. yeah they're not perfect. I mean, like I have, I have a strong relationship with my kids. I have a strong relationship with my, um, my boyfriend, who's got oh gosh, oh, he just celebrated six years. Clean. Wow, awesome! Um, you know, and, so there's um, accountability there. Yeah, yeah. accountability there. Um, and I have an epic sponsor and lots of friends, and um, I have like the most excellent coworkers. I, I really I couldn't ask for more because they are just they're all so still so teachable, and and I try to make work fun i mean it, yeah you got a great we do pep rallies yeah. every every month and yeah. we do contests every week and we do everything we can to just keep each other going and just stay positive and do what we can and 
and um, they're super supportive of my goals, and I try to be supportive of theirs. What is, and then I got a comment, and then we'll get to our fun questions. Sure. Um, what is, because so there's there's people listening to this mm-hmm. who, unfortunately, they may be battling addiction right now. Maybe, maybe they're battling um, an abusive, maybe they're in an abusive relationship mm-hmm. or some other dark period of their life. So what uh, encouraging advice could you pass along to them to, uh, to help them get uh, to a better place? Just don't give up. Mm-hmm. Just don't give up no matter what. That's like one of my favorite things to say, you know, no matter what, mm-hmm. like just keep going. Um, know that the help is always there and just don't be afraid to reach out even when it's hard and don't be afraid to just go through that door. There's so many resources. And when I, when I got, you know, clean the first time, um, I was amazed how many people I actually had on my side. Cause I thought that I didn't have yeah. anybody. I had a few relationships that I had to bend and it took time, but I mean, I have solid relationships now. Well, and if you're part of Sport Clips and you're listening to this, we have the Cut It Out program mm-hmm. that uh, that helps those that are in abusive relationships yeah. and helps them get uh, get out of those and get support. So we want to make sure that you you check into that. One of the things that uh, that I'll comment on, and then we'll get to our questions, is you showed me your scar. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think of this, not to get, you know, too spiritual or anything, but uh, I like listening to gospel music and worship music and stuff. And there's a there's a group called Leland mm-hmm. that has a, a new album out. It's a worship album. And in, in, in the song, they talk about meeting Jesus for the first time mm-hmm. and, and, and saying to Jesus, you know, uh, show me your scars. And Jesus says, I'll, I'll show you my scars, now show me yours. Yeah. And getting a chance to, to show everything that's imperfect about us, but that he's healed. Yeah. And, uh, and looks like you're experiencing healing. Yeah. And so I, I'm so uh, proud of you. I mean, what a, I mean, man, if you had blown it, you know, we wouldn't be here today. I know. So <laughs> you, 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 you did it. I'm, this is amazing. And I so appreciate getting the opportunity to sit down and really celebrate. Uh, recovery is something, you know, you, you mentioned that the group celebrate recovery, but it is something worth celebrating. It is. To, the, the fact that you get to have this relationship with your kids and your, your team members and your team leaders and, uh, and those of us at, at Sport Clips. And uh, I, I know there are bigger stages for you to be on than even huddle and uh, bigger platforms for you uh, that are out there. So I can't wait to see all of that unfold. Um, so here's what I'd like to do. I've got my 10 fun questions at the end. Okay. And for the first time ever, you, you, you brought questions to Hope Court or whatever. <laughs> I, you said before we started recording that you have some questions for me. Yes. Okay. So here's what we do. I've got 10. How do, do you need to ask yours all in a row or can we? No. Sp- okay. So I'm going to ask. I got 10 questions. I'm going to ask two at a time. Okay. And then um, you, you can go in and out. Okay. okay. Actually, you should probably lead so that my last two. Oh, no. I know what, I know what I'll do. I'll start off with two questions for you. Uh, number one, which superpower would you most like to have? Mm. Man, every time you ask this to somebody else, I'm like, I yeah. don't even don't, know. Don't ask me that one. I man. don't even know. Um, I would like to 
be super strong. Okay. Super strength. Super strength. Like the Incredible Hulk. Like, like, yeah, like Mr. Incredible. Okay, Mr. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. that's that's. I'm a Disney relatable. person. I like Disney that. Person. Yeah, you are. That's right. I'm looking forward <laughs> to your karaoke. Um, all right, give me uh, what's one of your nicknames? Um, Vern. Vern. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you like it? Yeah. Okay. All right. I won't call you that. <laughs> okay. Uh, now it's your turn. What's one of your questions? Um. Let's see. What is your favorite mode, or what is your least favorite mode of transportation? Because you travel a lot. Yeah. You know what? Um, I'll say rental cars. Rental cars? I hate driving myself. <laughs> okay. And and especially from Seattle uh-huh. to Eugene, Oregon. Oh, my gosh. In the rain, back up to Portland <laughs> at night. All right? Okay. That is that is my least favorite I'm mode of transportation. I'm glad you enjoyed the BMW. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, okay, my turn. Uh, other than where you live now, where else in the world would you most like to live? Disneyland. Disneyland. <laughs> With, have you been to the new Star Wars land? Yes. Okay. I haven't yet. We so. went over the summer. Um, uh, do you have any pets? I do. Okay. What is your favorite pet's name? Um, I only have one pet. Okay. Well, yeah. but it could be favorite pet of all time. Oh. Um, the one you've ever had. Max. Max. Yeah. What was Max? Max was my Siamese cat. Okay. Yeah. He, uh, he lived right. to be a long time. Your turn. Um, let's see. What is your favorite vacation spot? Uh. Oh. Okay, um, every summer, and it's because of who I go with. Mm-hmm. Every summer, my family and I, we go to Oahu, mm-hmm. my wife and my three kids, and we stay with one of my college buddies right. uh, who lives out there. And uh, it's got, uh, the, they, they live a block from the beach. It's got our favorite beach in the world there. Right. And we just go, and my son boogie boards, and my daughters fight, and it's, uh, and then we have, uh, snow cone uh, shave ice nice. from um island snow is the name of it and uh, president obama went there a bunch so they have his oh. pictures all over well, there you and, go. uh so anyways that's my, that's our, that's my favorite vacation spot <laughs> all right uh number five for you uh what huh, okay i shoot this okay you got to answer it's what is your hidden talent and this i'm wearing a talent of yours that is not hidden we all know about it so what's another what's a hidden oh. talent of yours um Boy, I, I don't, I mean that, I mean, I guess it's, I don't know if I really have any hidden talents. I don't know. I'm pretty creative all the way around. I like to draw. I like to paint. Okay. Uh, I like can, what? And I can sing. You can sing? Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. Cause of the choir and, and yeah. okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that's one we've not discovered yet. Yeah. So, uh, well, except for the karaoke videos. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, okay. You can ask one now. Okay. Um, when things break, do you prefer to fix them or replace them? I know. Uh, replace them. I am not a fixer. I am not a handy man a at all. I, no way. I will. I will pay a, a premium to either replace it or have it fixed, but I will not do it myself. I will do it myself. Okay. Uh, what sound or noise do you love? Um. Laughter. Sound or noise? Do you hate? Jackboard. Chalkboard, like nails on the floor. Okay. Uh, this is a whiteboard. Yeah, I know so it's a whiteboard, and I could, I'm glad. I can't get you. Okay, your your next question. Okay, uh, what chore do you dislike doing the most? <sighs> okay, um, I hate cleaning the garage, <laughs> and my kids destroy it at least once a year, and then I have to go reorganize it, and it is 
like the whole time I'm doing it, I'm I love my kids to death, but in that moment, yeah, I'm rethinking my life decisions. Right. On why did I have three kids? <laughs> why did I have them at the time of life I had them? Because <laughs> right now, if I didn't have them, there would not be this mess in my garage and all how, over again. How old are your kids? Uh, 15, 13, and 11. Oh, okay, so, so pretty close to what yeah. mine are. Uh, all right, my next question. Um, obviously at some point Hollywood's going to make a movie mm-hmm. based on the story of your life. Mm-hmm. What actress do you want them to, to pick to play your role? Um, I've given this one a lot of thought. Okay. And I just want you to know it's not going to be Hollywood. It's going to be a Disney movie. Okay. Okay. Um, and I think Marissa Tomei should be the voice. All right. But I don't know what kind of character it would so be. It, some be type a, of struggle. Yeah, well, some princess. Something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, okay. And what's the title of the movie? Ooh. No matter what. No matter what. No matter I love what. It. Uh, okay, you get uh, your last question, then I'll ask my last okay. question. Who gives you courage to try something new? Oh, my wife. Yes. So, um, n- n- obviously, you see, I'm on social media a lot. Mm-hmm. I travel a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, all that. Who, you know who's not? My wife. Yeah. But behind the scenes, she's the one uh, who is um, encouraging me and, uh, and and keeping this whole thing going, yeah. and at, at any moment she could say, "All right, let's pull the plug." I, you know, you don't need to be doing that anymore. Right. And I would, I would stop. Yeah. But uh, God bless she's, her. She's a, a wonderful uh, woman, and um, yes, I uh, who allows me to be me. Yeah. So you can imagine having to put up with this guy uh, for the last nineteen years, nineteen and a half years. My boyfriend uh, puts up with me, so. so it's pretty amazing. All right, last question. And then we'll uh, we'll end this one. This has been amazing, by the way. So thank you for sharing uh, everything that you've shared today, and everything that you survived today. This is part of our survive and advance series, uh, because you are a survivor and you have advanced. Uh, if heaven indeed exists, what do you hope to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Uh, thanks for not coming early. You came on time. <laughs> Just because how many times I yeah, put myself right, near death? Right. Oh. Yes. I, you should be thanking him. You know, so, <laughs> hey, thank you for not making me come early and giving me all those extra chances and yeah. uh, and all that. But you know, we're always right where we need to be, and yeah. um, right now where I need to be is just uh, just here and uh, and available. And like Brittany says, like um, always say yes. And I always like to say um, my best ability is my availability. Mm-hmm. So if there's anybody out there who's struggling, like find me on Facebook, hit me up, talk to me. Um, and Insta- you're on Instagram too. And on Instagram yeah. too. Um, you know, and there's there's just always, you know, I'm always down for more friends and um, and to help encourage and help people well, survive. Well, you, you've had, I mean, an amaz- amazing story, but I just want to pass along the best is yet to come mm. for you and, and because of you. So, uh, so thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Obviously, thanks to uh, Veronica Jordan. I've already said she's a sister from another mister. Uh, for me and uh, and this is the story of sport clips uh, people like you and so thanks for sharing it with us thank you thanks everybody Uh, tune in next week for another episode well following that really brave interview with Veronica Jordan I wanted to give everybody some information on ways to get help if you're in a domestic abuse or domestic violence situation domestic abuse is a truly serious epidemic in our country the statistics are staggering according to the National Domestic Violence Hotline on average 24 people per minute are victims of rape, physical violence, or stalking by an intimate partner in the United States. More than 12 million women 
and men over the course of a year. Now, awareness is key to helping those around us. Sport Clips offers the Cut It Out training as part of new team member orientation for every single store member across the country. All team members are encouraged to complete that training. As a platinum level sponsor of Cut It Out, Sport Clips also provides printed materials like posters and safety cards on the online huddle that team leaders can give to their team members in their welcome packet or any time that there's a need. This partnership with Cut It Out also provides an avenue where team leaders can contact Cut It Out to get an advocate to their location to conduct live training uh, for their teams as well. The goal is to create awareness so that team members can recognize the signs of domestic abuse, which is now called intimate partner violence or IPV, and refer others to help by calling 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-SAFE. This is one of the ways Sport Clips team members live their values by showing others that we care. Please do me a favor and share this video with anybody just in the, in the chance that it could help in their situation. Thanks.